object that you have in your hand, the person to your right-hand side. You're going you're gonna to ask God, God, this object that I have in my hand, it speaks into something about this person on my right-hand side. Can you please show me what that is? So let me give you an example. Sandra over here has got a comb. The person on her right-hand side will be, what is your name? Scott. Sandra's praying, Father, something about this comb in my hand you want to speak about to Scott. And it might be the color, Father, I know the color coral means this to me. Maybe this is what you're speaking to him. It can be there are fine tooth and God, maybe the gifts in his life are, there's some things that are so great with crowds and some things that are so great with individual people, the big and the small, the micro, the macro, whatever it is, but there's something that is in your hand that Holy Spirit will download into your spirit about that person. Does everybody understand? All right. So we're going to take one minute to pray and ask Holy Spirit, just give me something. And then one by one by one, you're just going to go around your table and you're going to share with the other one. And at the end of what you share, you can say, does that make sense? Just a very easy way of saying, is what I said a little bit accurate? And you know what? We're family here. So we step out and if we make mistakes, if the person says, I'm sorry, that doesn't make it, that's just okay. All right. So let's pray. You ask Holy Spirit. All right, the person who's the youngest at the table gets to begin. So you're going to eat. Oh, and sorry, I forgot to mention your prophecies. Please do not go more than a minute to two minutes each. So it must be short and brief.
so let's go deeper. All right, raise your hand if you've got a word and your table is done. All right, Connie, you're up. How's All right, welcome Connie Bennett. Um, that's great. I, I love what, I love activations. And how many of you were really encouraged with your word? Like, you know, you just receive that. It's timely. It's for right now. And um, I had a very good win. So what I need to do is just shift my auto lock so my message never goes off since um, I'm using my iPhone. So I wasn't expecting it to come so soon. <laughs> but that's good. I'm fine. What I want to do um, to start out is an activation. And Doug talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and having our prayer language. And our prayer language is our direct link to heaven. So it's, it's our private, personal communication line. It's a heavenly language. Maybe beings in heaven understand it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But definitely, it's something where the Holy Spirit speaks through us, takes us into the deep heart of God. God understands it. And then God speaks back to us. And so what I want to do is I want you to pray in the Spirit. We're going to do one minute of just praying in the Spirit. It's the best way to connect into the thoughts of God and the heart of God. So I want you just to pray in the Spirit. And um, so go ahead and start, and I'll tell you when to stop.
Okay, now if you have a writing tool, a piece of paper, your phone, I want you to take it out and I want you to write your prayer. I want you to write what you just prayed. You're going to interpret. It's basically what you're going to do. You're going to interpret your prayer. And if you just get the first word, like Doug said, that it begins to bubble up. You start with one or two words and you could say, um, I prayed. And what happens is you usually have what you said and then an interpretation comes. The Lord says to me. So just get one word out and the rest will flow. Okay, so you can come back and you can finish that um, because the Holy Spirit's there. So one of the most powerful things is when we learn to pray in tongues, what do we do? We're surrendering to the Holy Spirit, right? We allow him to speak through us. And so praying in the Spirit is one of the greatest surrenders we can give. And when we surrender and yield ourselves like that to Jesus or to the Father, it's so easy for him to then speak back. And what we do is, you know, we have the block. I'm not supposed to understand what I'm saying. But we take the block out. We take that line in the sand out. And we say, just like I yielded to speak in the Spirit in a language I don't know, I can yield to hear what the Spirit spoke to me. And I can 
then write it out. I can have my interpretation. And the gift of tongues and tongues and interpretation actually works like that. You Just like you yield to speak the word, you can yield to hear the word and deliver it in English. So it's a very easy yield. But we kind of make it a bit complicated. So what I'm trying to do is just get you to take that little block out. And, and this is a great way to start your day is to pray in the spirit for a little bit. And then just write, write out that prayer. Or the Lord might just be responding to your prayer. He might not be telling you your prayer. He's responding to your prayer. So th- this is a great way that God gave us to connect to him deep into the heart of God, deep into the thoughts of God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you think of um, calling someone, you, 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 you're going through your day and you say, oh, I got to call so-and-so. So you pick up your phone, you dial their number, you connect and they answer, right? And prophecy is a little bit like that too. God gives you a thought about someone. You pick up the phone, you dial God, and you say, what do you want to say? What's the conversation I'm supposed to have? You're almost going through that same little process. And I'm just kind of unveiling the process because many times a day, God will put someone on your heart, in your mind. They'll come across your mind, or you'll run into them. And that's the sign that you're supposed to dial God and connect and say, what do you want to say to this person? Why are you putting them on my heart? Why am I thinking of them? That's a way to enter into the prophetic because God's already showing you who it is through a very simple way. He gave you a thought. He gave you a reminder. Um, Yesterday I was doing some research and I came across um, two names. I came across the short name of it and then I actually ended up on the long name. And God says, this person is turning from Debbie into Deborah. She's going into a new season in her ministry. And that was the prophetic word that I'm supposed to send to her. So it, it could be very simple of God bringing someone, bringing a name to you, and then you saying, okay, God, I'm dialing you up. You're answering. What am I supposed to say? And you go into conversation and see, because we're always in relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, we're always in conversation. Isn't that beautiful? Like, if you looked at your life, One minute you're talking to Jesus, the next minute you're talking to the Holy Spirit. Two hours later, you're asking the Father something. And sometimes, just to help me pull the Trinity together, I sit down and I say, you're all three here. (laughs) And and so I want to have a conversation with all three of you. (laughs) But sometimes we talk to the unique personalities um, or identities of God, and that's good too. And all three of those give us prophetic words for people. In, in that persona. So you can lump them together as the Trinity, um, or you can, I'm with the Father, this, the Holy Spirit is showing me, Jesus just told me. And as we get our relationship with them, um, we'll say we just go a little bit deeper. We, we recognize, oh, that's the Father speaking to me. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. That's Jesus guiding me. So we want to be able to relate to them in those unique identities. Okay, so um, prophecy is just really simple connection. And, and Doug covered that um, prophetic words, we're encouraging them, we're inspiring people, we're giving them hope. Every once in a while we might give them a warning. Like I, I sense like there's an area to be careful in or I saw this treacherous river and you know I saw you thinking you might want to cross it. Well, 
God hasn't given me any more, but just pray about that. Because they know how to apply that word. So sometimes God can give you a warning. Sometimes he, he just gives you one word, and it's a hint for them. Because the Holy Spirit is saying to them, I want them now to come and seek me about what that means. So he's not giving you the full thing, and you never have to feel like, I got one word, and that's all I got, and that's not very good. Just the one word is a hint for them to enter into a deeper relationship with God and find out for themselves what God is speaking. So, so God likes to play um, hide-and-seek with people sometimes. He likes to play find the mystery. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so we're, sometimes we're pointing them in the right direction, and sometimes we're just affirming the love of God to them. And all of those are important. There's, there's, maybe there's times in their lives where a word is really critical. They're at a critical time. They're really seeking God. But most of the time, all, all the words God gives are important. Every thought of his about us is important. It's valuable. And we never want to negate something because it seems small or insignificant. Every thought of God is important. And um, we want to love and embrace every, every word of God. So yesterday I was talking a lot about identity, and I'm teaching you that it's really good to get in the river, I'll call it the river, where you're prophesying people's identity, how God sees them and how God made them. And in, you know, in it, I know um, sometimes the prophetic gift or prophets tend to do it more where you'll get into what is the calling and activating and stirring gifts. And that's, a, that's good, but God could give that to anyone as well. And we lay hands on people. You know, by the laying on of hands, gifts are activated in people. So when Doug was praying for us all, he was activate, activating the gifts of the Spirit in our life. He was activating the revelatory gifts, um, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and the gift of prophecy. So he was activating that. He was stirring it up within us. He was opening the heavens and saying, God, give them a deposit. And then there's an impartation that goes with that. So, but I'm, I'm on identity, and how many did the little drawing yesterday I gave you, and you filled it all in? That's good. I think if you keep adding to that page, maybe you want to make it nicer, you can do that. But I think have that somewhere in a journal, on your desk, and every time you get a word that has to do with your identity, add it to that picture. Add it to that picture. If you get um, just one word a scripture, and you keep seeing this identity, and the more you honor what God is giving you, the more he's going to give you. It's kind of like that principle of um, being faithful with the talents. If you're faithful with the words God gives you, if you're faithful to value them, then God wants to give you more. And, and many times, sometimes we don't value the words God gave us. Well, maybe we don't believe him. Maybe we say, oh, I had so many words, they don't come to pass. Here's just another word. Well, I'm not going to pay attention to it. No, keep your words, write them out, put them in journals. I always say record. Sometimes you want to go back and listen to a word. It really helps you. So now what I want to ask you to do is another activation. I want you to look around the room and ask the Lord to highlight someone to you. So you can, you can stand up and look around. You can sit or look around and say, Lord, okay, show me someone in this room. Okay. They're, they're just looking around, just they're, they're eyeing out everyone in the room and seeing who God shines a light on, who, who, 
you might feel just a little connection or a sense, okay, Lord, it's that person. It, it goes very quick. All right. Now, how, how many of you have superheroes or you've watched superheroes? Okay. It could be someone in history. It could be a great leader in history. It could be someone else that you studied. It could be one of our movie characters. Now, I want you to ask the Lord which superhero that person is. This is a fun one. We like to do this one. Okay, now you can go find that person, and you can tell them which superhero they are. Okay, let's, let's just wind that up. Was that fun? Are you a little, is anybody a little surprised how God sees them? <laughs> One person's a little surprised, okay. Good, good.
So when the enemy comes to you now and he says, no, you're not going to win, you're going to crumble, you're going to fail, you could come out with your superhero prophetic identity and you could say, that is not going to happen. I'm a superhero. Amen. So um, I'm going to have you come on back. Just, um. <laughs> okay. So um, in Ephesians 2.10... And I'm, I'm going to read out of the voice and the passion translation. Uh, I use transliteration sometimes, and then I combine all the transliterations. And so if it's hard to get on, up on the screen, you now know why. <laughs> um, I like the expanded version as well. So Ephesians 2.10 says in the voice, We are a product of his hand, heaven's poetry etched on our lives, created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God created long ago. The Passion Translation says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. There's a lot of things in your book in heaven. There's a lot of good works. Every day there are good works that have been assigned to you. And it's your job to actually listen for those good works. It's your job to say, God, I'm going to pay attention to what you want me to do today. Is there someone you want me to minister, to encourage? How do you want me to do my job? Are you going to give me an invention today? What are you going to do, God? So we're, we're actually looking to make sure we fulfill the good works that God has set out for us. And, and many times we're, we're just not seeing what they what they are. So there's two things that come out of this passage. One, that you're a masterpiece. Okay, you're one of a kind. You are not an accident. You're not a mistake. And your destiny is not led by chaos, economies, or governments. These may affect you. You may be in a culture or society where they affect you, but you are not governed by them. You're under the government of heaven. You're under the government of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of the kingdom. And the kingdom has a different set of rules, governments, and economies, and structures. And the kingdom is not corrupt. So God has another way, another place that you function. Okay? So God and you in partnership have the final say about everything in your life. God and you in partnership have the final say about everything in your life. So if you were created in Christ for good works, even before you were born, every one of them was planned. And they're all, like I said, I, I go back to Psalm 139.7 because that book in heaven gets opened. And at times it's open to say, well, we're ready for a new chapter and now I want to reveal the new chapter to you. At times you're in the chapter and you're fulfilling the chapter of the book and you just need to fulfill a page or you just need to say, okay, I just need to flow with God. We've been getting a lot of words, and especially Bill, on to be in rest, that the Holy Spirit's going to blow, he's going to be involved in this church plant, that we need to be in rest, 
And then sometimes you want to step out of rest because you want to do and you want to make things happen with your faith and you want to push and there's things you want to do. But we come back to the chapter that's written that has been revealed to us that says stay in rest. Stay in a place of rest. And so guess what we choose? We choose to live what the Holy Spirit revealed prophetically to us in this time. It becomes our place of safety. So now we're going to do an activation. <laughs> and we're going to ask God to reveal to you something in your book. Okay? And you can ask one of two questions. Tell me something that I'm supposed to do. Or tell me a place I'm supposed to visit or go. And it might be for this season, it might be for way in the future. I'm not sure what God will tell you, but I just want you to ask him that question. And if you're stuck a little bit, I want you to just pray in the spirit, then ask the question, and then write it. Um, tell me something that I'm supposed to do, okay? Or tell me a place that I'm supposed to go. It could be for a visit. It could be for a holiday. It could be to do ministry. It could be, I don't know what it would be, but I'm just asking you to ask God those two questions. You can ask either one of them or you can ask both. Okay, how many have heard something? One, good, good. Don't worry if you haven't. You can always go back and ask that question again. Did it surprise you? Did anyone have a pleasant surprise? No, you kind of already knew. Okay, okay. Anybody want to share what God told them? Okay. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, good, good. So now I'm going to come back to identity, and it's a distinguishing characteristic of who you are. Like when people want to know who, the, who you are, they say, can I see some identification, right? It's your distinguishing characteristics. And in the spirit, when you're walking in your identity, those distinguishing spirits um, this distinguishing characteristics open the way for you. So the demonic realm recognizes them. The heavenly realm recognizes them. And, and that's important because when we're in the identity, things open for us. So this is a funny little example. Yesterday we came out in the evening. We had gone to dinner. We came out to come to the meeting. And we go to a car. And Bill's clicking the thing. We rented a car to come. And um, we can't get into the car. 
And Bill looks in and he says, I left the lights on. I think the lights are partially on. The battery's dead. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Well, we can call someone to come and give us a ride. We can call someone to help us jump the car. But how are we going to get in there to unlock the hood if we can't get into the car? <laughs> so we go back in. Funny thing comes. We come back. He goes to check the car and he realizes he's at the wrong car. <laughs> so... The whole thing is that that car is tuned in. Those keys are tuned into one car. It's like an identity connection. And your identity, walking in your identity, getting into, as we, as we grow in the Lord, we get into the fuller, 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 richer, because a lot of things are being stripped away, and God is adding and bringing things out so that we're in our full identity. And that opens the way for us. That opens the door for us. So isn't that cool? The more, and, and that's why I, I really encourage people to pay attention to your identity prophetic words and to give identity prophetic words. Just to ask the Lord for those types of words for people because they are so important. And then, um, oh, okay, I'm going to go. So, so there's three keys to living your identity, and I've been really layering this so you get a lot of identity, as much as I can give you in this session. So one, we have to discover who God says we are, right? If you don't know, you've got to discover, discover it. And then two, you've got to record them so you can keep them. It help, keeps you from forgetting. And then you need to declare them over you. So if you've got a really good superhero identity, you need to say, I am Wonder Woman, I am Superman, I am <laughs> whatever it is, I am Stretch. I'm, I'm not the superhero person, <laughs> so, so I don't know all the movies. <laughs> but, um, but you need to declare them. You need to declare who you are. And that helps you embrace that identity. It helps you believe it. And then it's like, it's like, Okay, Superman, he goes into the booth and he changes and he comes out. So he goes in one way as Clark Kent and he comes out as Superman, right? So that's what we have to do sometimes when we're feeling really down and low and insignificant or powerless or whatever we're feeling. We need to get in there, declare our identity words and come out of that place a superhero. And then we're ready to confront the enemy. And um, it just makes a huge difference. And then you have to act on who God says you are. You actually have to say, I'm going to behave and I'm going to do acts according to who God says I am. If, if he called me a Deborah and I'm a warrior prophet, then I've got to act and behave and do acts in alignment with being a warrior prophet. If he calls me an intercessor or a Jeremiah, then I've got to do intercession and I've got to love and care for a nation like a Jeremiah did. So you have to begin to act accordingly to who God says you are. And you have to be willing to step out and do those acts. If God says you're an apostle, then you say, I'm going to build things. I'm going to build the body. I'm going to build foundations. I'm, I'm going to do that. So you then have to act. You become responsible for acting according to your call. And then you have to guard your identity, especially through times of warfare and seasons of suffering. Because see, you have this adversary, and what he wants to do is he wants to come and diminish who you are. 
He wants to totally crush you so that you are no threat to him. And when you go through a time of suffering or hardship or challenges that you never thought you would face, the enemy starts giving you lies about who you are. He starts telling you about how rejected you are or how stupid you are or how you caused this to happen. He starts telling you that you're worthless, that you'll never get out of this. I mean, there are so many lies that the enemy begins to tell you, but he attacks your identity. He attacks who God says you are because he wants you to fall under the weight of the suffering, the hardship, whatever you're going through. He wants, he wants to end it. He wants to end your life. He wants to end your influence. But if you guard your heart and you guard your identity, he can't do that. So um, the Bible says that in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it everything flows. So we know the issues of life flow out of our heart. Our belief system about who we are flows out of our heart. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So that's a cute little bird there. (laughs) So... All the issues of life flow from your heart, including how you see yourself. It's not just in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in your spirit. Like, I know who I am. It's in my spirit. I've been through a tremendous amount of warfare recently with my identity. Just because of some trials, some things I went through. And Bill's always reminding me who I am. I'm like, but I don't feel like that, Lord. But I have to say, yes, that's who I am. Yes, that's who I am. Um, Psalm 84 is a very unique psalm. It's telling of a journey in the natural, but it's telling of a journey in the spiritual. And it likens your heart to a highway. And you're only going to find this in the expanded version. But it said, it's a highway. Your heart is a highway into God's presence. What's happening in your heart is a highway for God's presence. And um, it says this, happy, I'm reading it out of the expanded. So it says, happy, blessed are those whose strength comes from you, who want to travel to Jerusalem, in whose hearts are highways. They treasure every step of the journey to Zion, which is Jerusalem. Your heart is a highway. Your heart is a highway. It's a place that gets you places. It's a place that other things ride on to get places. So it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, and Baca is a place of suffering, weeping, lack. It's the hardest part of the journey. It's a barren area. They make it a spring. They stop and dig wells to collect the refreshing spring water. The um, The autumn or the early rains fill, wrap, and cover all the pools with water and blessing. So what he's saying is, you're on a journey. So this, this was probably one of, I don't know if it's a Psalm of Ascent. It's 84, set in the Psalms of Ascent. It's a little bit early. So they would travel to Jerusalem for different reasons, and they would have to go through this valley. For some, it was a long journey. Maybe others, it could have been shorter. But on the journey, they would sing praises to God. And then it's a long journey, so they would get to the dry area. And then it says they would stop there. And in the singing of praises, it said, they would dig wells of refreshing. They would dig waters. Well, what's happening when you're in a place of trial, crisis, suffering, transition, and you're like, God, you're not taking me forward. I can't go backward. 
I feel really stuck here. God says, dig a well. And the well you dig is a well for more grace. What you do is you dig deeper into the presence of God. You soak more. You spend more time in the word. You drop a lot of things that are distractions and peripheral things. And you really focus on God. And by focusing on God, you start digging these wells. Like I tell people, sometimes God gives you an abundance of grace to go through something. And sometimes he says, dig a well of grace. Like you're only going to make it from day to day because you dig deep into my presence. Because you spend hours with me. And you, you, you spend time with me until the refreshing and the strengthening comes. And then, you know what, tomorrow you have to do it again. And so you dig the well of peace. You dig the well of joy. You dig the well of grace. You, you just have to do that in that valley of Baca. And then what happens is God says, okay, now I'm going to meet you with some supernatural rain. Like what you couldn't dig, I'm all of a sudden going to pour out upon you. And that's the autumn rains. That's where God says, I give you the autumn rains. So, and lastly, he says, the people get stronger as they go. They go from strength to strength. Isn't that powerful? And that describes our spiritual journey to a sense. So, you know, my point was in that, in the valley and in the place of trying, you're going to be tested with your identity. And that's why identity words are so important. That's why it's important to have people around you who know who you are and are going to call you out and say, you're better than this. You're, you can overcome this trial. You're a Gideon. You're a Joseph. You're going to make it out of this prison. You're going to make it out of this hardship. And God's going to exalt you and raise you up. And you're going to save a nation. Like when you think, I can't even save myself. God's going to tell you something. So have people around you who know your identity, friends, family, spouses, children. Get in there with your children and help them get their spiritual identities because that's what you want to call out as they're growing up and they're facing hardship in their youth, in their teens, in their college years, and maybe even into their marriages. So it's, identity words are really important. Okay. Um, when you're in the test and the enemy's testing your identity, he's trying to redefine you and he's trying to put a label on you. He's trying to put a label on you that you'll accept and that all the demons in hell can accept and, and attack you with, but you can't let him do it. So he wants to put a label on you. Say you lose your job. He wants to put a label on you, rejected and incompetent. And that might have nothing to do with why you lost your job. It could be a totally different reason. So you can't let the enemy put labels on you. You might say, well, when they say this a lot of times, if you have chronic illness, well, don't let the enemy put a label on you that you have this illness forever, diabetes, all these things that are going to affect your health. And say, I I refuse those labels. I, God is going to heal me. I'm a healthy person. I'm going to pursue health. I'm going to do everything God tells me to do. I'm going to pursue my health. Don't let the enemy put a label on you to cripple you, to make you think that you are not going to do things in, in the latter years of your life or even in this season. You have to reject the lies and the labels that the enemy wants to put on you. Feeble, unworthy, rejected, betrayed, useless, unproductive, you're a failure, you're unloved, you have to guard your heart 
so that you don't let those labels come on it. And you guard it with the word of God and you guard it with your identity. So I really want you to, to press into that. And I know everyone's going to have their battles. So um, this is when I say when you're, when you're on a journey, and I say this a lot, life is a journey. And God is moving you continually. It's, it's kinetic. No day is going to be the same. No, we, we seek for the comfort zones and we seek for the places of security. How many know you're like that? Like, I'm really like that. Give me a place of security and give me a comfort zone and let's not change it. But life's a journey. And really, what we're doing, we're the people of God. And you know where we're journeying? We're journeying up the mountain straight into heaven. Like at just some certain point, we go through this veil and we're there. But the whole thing is we're on this eternal journey. That's the whole thing. And, and I think it's just so beautiful to think of it that way. It definitely helps me. So on the journey, we're becoming more like Jesus. That's the goal. Like you might have a lot of other goals in life, but the goal is to be more like Jesus. The second thing is we are becoming, we are coming deeper into intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're coming into a union and a unity of heart. And that takes time because our hearts can be a lot different than God's heart. And every day he's working on our hearts. He's causing circumstances and situations to come around us so that our heart looks more like his heart. And then tomorrow my heart looks more like God's heart. Next day my heart looks more like God's heart. So we're moving into um, intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are coming more and more into our identities. And we're fulfilling more and more of what we are called to fulfill. And on this journey, we are changing the world wherever we go, and we are changing the atmospheres around us. And then we are gaining strength, wisdom, authority, and power along the way. Like when you see me next year, I should be walking in more authority, more power, more strength, more wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding, more of everything that the kingdom has to offer me. I should be way beyond. If I stagnate, oh, Jesus, please help me to not do that. But, but anyway, you should all be way further next year. And so we're really coming into who God designed us to be. And that, isn't that good? <laughs> okay. Okay. So the other thing, when you, when you want to deal with your identity, you got to take off all the bad layers that have been added on. So you get born and you're kind of like, you know, very open to things, and you get stuck in an environment, and the world they use now is social construct, but, you know, environmental does shape us. The parents, the school, um, family, crises, illness, all things kind of affect us. So they're shaping us. We have, we have a temperament. We have a, a personality or a persona that God gave us, and then the environment begins to shape us, and we can get a little bit warped. We can get some things on us, some crustiness, some things God doesn't want to do, and then we get saved. All of a sudden, hey, we're a new creature in Christ, and God says, but I've got to take off all this stuff that attached itself to you. So it's really important to get your inner healing. It's important to um, forgive, and, and, you know, forgiveness is a never-ending journey because we live with people. So it's never going to end. You're always going to have someone to forgive and something to forgive. Trust me. You might not have something today, but in a couple of weeks you might have something. Yeah. 
Um, and if there's roots of bitterness, God is going to work on rooting out those roots in your life because he knows it affects how you live your identity. He's going to deal with curses and minister deliverance to you, where, whether it's oppression, whether it's generational attack, whatever it is, he's going to minister deliverance. So it's important for us to be aware of what's affecting our identity and hindering us from being who God wants us to be. And we have to be ruthless with ourselves. We can't stay in denial. We can't say, that's a comfort zone for me. I want to keep it. We have to say, no, it feels good, but I don't want it because it's actually not good for me. It's toxic. So unforgiveness is toxic. Will, choosing to be not reconcile is toxic. You know, it's, we have to learn these things in life. We have to go through them. And it's part of our growing up in God. And, and our adversary, and he is an adversary, make no mistake, he wants to use offenses and iniquities and sin that's per- perpetrated against us or by us, okay? Because sometimes we're the sinners, okay? We're the ones hurting people to affect and destroy our identity. And we just have to say, no, you don't get to have my identity. You don't get to go there. I'm consistently going to yield to God to be healed and be made whole. And, and this is what Joseph did, Job did, Jacob did. The Bible's full of stories of people who had to walk these journeys. So the other thing is I, I tell people, anything you face, there's an antidote in the Bible. Like anything. The answer's in the Bible. The, the way to fix it is in the Bible. And you just have to ask God, show me what it is. Usually it's pretty simple. So now I want to do an activation. Again, it's with your identity. I want you to ask the Lord if there's any lies that you're believing about yourself. Okay, if he showed you a lie, then I want you to tell him, Jesus, I repent for believing that lie. I give it back to the devil. I ask you to unwrap and untangle it from my mind and my heart. Holy Spirit, I ask you to burn up all its effects on my mind, my soul, my spirit, and my body. I'm just letting that burn up happen.
Now I want you to ask Jesus to tell you the truth. Okay, now I want you to take that truth and I want you to write it on your identity picture because that's the truth about who you are. And any time the enemy comes with the lie, you pick up your identity picture and you say, here's the truth, here's the truth, here's the truth. You declare that truth. You guard your heart with that truth. You guard your mind with that truth. Okay, I'm going to give you a break, and then we'll do our next session. Is that, is that good, Nicole? Five minutes? Five minutes. Okay, good. <laughs>